0: Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 199 Ooh. of Bad Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Justin, uh, great weekend for sports. Yes. Uh, great weekend for the Toronto Blue Jays. Yes. And uh, great, just a great week for baseball too. I yes. mean, the All-Star game. We don't have to talk about that too much because uh, honestly the all-star game is boring as fuck but uh shout out to our boys who went romano kirk guerrero and who was the third or Espanol fourth and manoa santiago espinal and Alec manoa uh very cool to see uh the boys out there suck for for romano who didn't get to do anything The only but, pitcher uh,
1: who didn't pitch for the american league yeah
0: Yeah, I I wonder if he's salty about that. I would be. Probably not. I would be. He
1: was a last-minute
0: replacement, man. He's probably just happy to be there. You think? Oh, yeah, for sure. All right, fair enough. Uh, But still, great weekend for baseball. And if you like baseball stuff, uh, follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. I got some cool uh, Korean cinema recommendations. I'm going to take those... Uh, And run with them uh, when I have some free time, which I I haven't had recently. uh, Go ahead and uh, check us out on Anchor, Apple, and Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Throw our name in the Google machine and you'll find our website, bffdpodcast.com, as well as a widget on our website that plays our episode for you. So we are very difficult to avoid if you are Googling us. (laughs) uh thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode please leave us a review or a five star rating to help more people find us uh i guess it doesn't have to be five stars but i mean
1: five stars or less
0: yeah yeah there you go um before we get into baseball stuff uh do you want to talk about the french grand prix i mean this is we do this now yeah where we we talk about uh we talk about f1 but uh not it's not what you want if you're a ferrari fan no guess. um
1: it was gonna be a tough weekend because yeah carlos science took new parts for his engine and had to start at the back props to him though like he ended up finishing fifth today was up to uh fourth and had a chance to maybe hunt down george russell for third place but the team decided to Hit him, he ended up getting the fastest lap for that extra point, but only finished fifth. Classic Ferrari, uh, and then of course, Charlotte Leclerc who started first and then crashed like 13 laps in uh, or sorry, 17 laps in. Um, still not sure exactly what happened. He just like, yeah, I'm sure we'll find out in the coming days if it was actually like something that went wrong with the car. He was saying something about the throttle on the radio, but he was yelling so much it was hard to understand. All the announcers yeah. were like, "Was he saying that the throttle was wasn't coming off? Because that's what happened to him. Like, like, the last race that he actually won, he was having issues with his his throttle pedal wasn't stopping when he take his foot off. So, yeah. who knows? But we'll we never <coughs> know for sure until they they tell us. Um, yeah, and then obviously, once that happened, it was just like as long as Max Verstappen finishes the race, he's gonna win because he was like ten seconds ahead of everybody else. So
0: yeah, it was yeah uh, <laughs> it was a stomping." But going into uh, today, uh, I don't know, man. I had a certain – I don't know. I had a feeling – I don't know how to explain it. I but... thought
1: there'd be a lot more, uh, like, mechanical issues with cars. Just yeah. the temperatures. But there really wasn't. Like, there was a couple cars that, like, got some damage on the first slap, Sonoda got some damage, ended up retiring. Uh, And then Magnus and Latifi Bonked into each other later on And both ended up retiring from the race eventually Um, So yeah It was just like There was was only a couple of collisions and a crash That led to the retirements And then everybody else ended up finishing
0: In the qualifications though It looked like I mean Ferrari had the fastest lap For Q1, Q2 and Q3 Like it looked real good
1: Yeah the rest of the data though Showed that Red Bull was pretty quick well, yeah, Max, oh, yeah. Stappen yeah. was fast anyway. Sergio Perez was pretty slow all weekend, which was a little bit of a it was a weird to see that from him.
0: It, he was, but he was also still faster than
1: faster than the midfield, yeah. 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 It's, it's basically Ferrari and Red Bull in the tier one right now, and then Mercedes in tier two by themselves, and there's a bunch of people below that. The McLaren's yeah. the Alpines are below them then, but no, I mean obviously Mercedes gets a two three finish. Due to the fact that Perez was slow and the two Ferraris weren't near the front to start at the near or one was near the front at the start but didn't make it halfway through the race. Um but yeah the only really the only excitement in the race was just like Carlos Sainz just passing everybody. <laughs> yeah that he was, was kind of it. he had
0: a great drive today despite yeah. the fact that he started nineteenth started nineteenth uh, yeah started nineteenth like fourteen spots. Uh and his Ferrari didn't flame out. Uh, no. we talked off camera or off mic The day before we expected there to be a lot more mechanical like uh flame outs uh, because of the heat
1: yeah yeah uh
0: and it didn't happen uh although again another misfortune for leclerc it's it's uh, i feel like he's cursed or something like this
1: yeah there's some shit going on but yeah it's what it is i feel like like verstappen's like 63 points ahead now after today because leclerc doesn't get any points so i mean the season's still got like 10 races left but at the same time it's like that's that's a pretty hard uh, hill to climb for anybody trying to catch them.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a tough hill and then at the same and then two simultaneously Red Bull Racing has uh, opened up an 82 point lead mm-hmm. on Ferrari for the constructors. Yeah. which is really turning into they're they're kind yeah, of running kind away of with it at this point. The
1: interesting thing though, a lot of teams are like, well, why not start focusing on the car for next year? the cars are going to be the same next year that they're not changing the body style because yeah. they just change it for this year so a lot of teams like com- trying to compete this year is is technically working on your car for next year so i mean this there's, there's still a lot of season left and i mean we saw for Stappen had two DNFs in the first five races and ferrari didn't at that time so i mean all it would take is for some mechanical issues or a collision to start a race like we saw at Silverstone two or three races ago now a big crash on the first lap right all it takes is for an incident and your race gets derailed right away so I mean anything can happen in in Formula One especially at the start of a race but yeah yeah, I don't know it's it's not over but it's like as long as Red Bull doesn't have reliability issues it's gonna be it's over
0: (laughs) probably but yeah. that's seven that's his seventh w for the season too. Verstappen, yeah. like him or not and i don't know we have i have very mixed feelings about Verstappen.
1: i don't like uh, him as a as a as a racer but i mean like as that's like an, a, a fan of an opposing team i don't like him but i mean he's a he's a good he is a good racer i gotta he
0: is he's very yeah. aggressive i said this off mike too I, he kind of reminds me even though i never got to see him race the way his aggression he's kind of like the new nikki lauda in some ways Mm uh but then i don't know it feels like this season period uh look at the ferraris uh look leclerc has had three retires Mm -hmm. and then uh science has had four yeah that's insane
1: yeah they've they're both already out of, like, new parts, which is why, like, because Leclerc had to take a penalty in Canada, and then Sciences had to take one this weekend. So, I mean, every time they need new parts, now they're going to have to take penalties. So, hopefully, Leclerc didn't mess anything up too much on his car today. I also have to take more parts and start the pack next week. So.
0: So, Sciences won a race this year. It yep. was two races ago. Mm-hmm and he's only one point ahead of george russell for four but
1: russell's also finished top five every race he has he's finished every race hammy got his highest
0: his highest performance of the year he's had three straight third places and now is second it feels like he's starting to come on while the he's it's a long shot
1: i don't know i don't really know if it's the fact that he's starting to come on i just think it's the reliability issues of the other teams (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, that's kind of true. Why. But it's also worth noting, too, with the Hungarian Grand Prix, it's a race that um, the Hammy has won. I think it. Was, I think I told you this off mic. It was like eight times. Yeah,
1: something like that. But it doesn't mean uh, anything anymore. The cars are different, unfortunately.
0: Yeah. I'm just saying as far as like owning the track, I feel like yeah, out of all of these guys. Yeah, obviously, there'll be a Lewis comfort Hamilton's. level. Yeah. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see after we've got Hungary and then we've got a break. Three,
1: it's like three weeks off, yeah, for summer yeah. break.
0: And then so. we're back in Belgium. It'll be interesting to see what happens, what, what they're going to do. But yeah, it's starting to turn into a bit of a stomp. Yep, but, well, that's she goes. Uh, let's get into this. I'm really excited to talk about this first topic, and I, I'll try not to waste too much time on it. Because I'm sure you're maybe indifferent. Uh, Today... Uh, the 2022 Baseball Hall of Famers, uh, all, all the inductees for this year, got to do their thing in Cooperstown. They got their plaques, speeches, all that good shit. So let's just do a quick recap again. It's been about six months since we talked about this. I'll do it really, really fast. David Ortiz, the only player uh, in the like modern era or of the ones that are currently on the ballot to get in with 77.9%. So he just... By like yep. three or four votes, gets in. Big Poppy gets in, and then Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Kurt Schilling, Sammy Sosa, all fall off the ballot. Uh, none of them make it, and uh, it's going to come down to the uh, those committees. Uh, Buck O'Neill uh, goes in as an executive. Uh from the early baseball era committee as well as Bud Fowler. Buck O'Neill. It's crazy to think it took this long to get him in there. But uh there you have it, he's in the Golden Days Era Committee elected four. Uh Minnie Minoso uh, who, if I remember his he's the Cuban comet, but also known as Mr. White Sox, got in. Gil Hodges of the Dodgers uh gets in. Jim Kitty Cat who I've talked about on this podcast many times over the last four years, gets in. And Tony Olivia gets in, uh, another twin. And then the Ford C. Frick Award uh, was awarded to Jack Graney, who was a broadcaster in the early aughts uh, up to 1922 for Cleveland. And then the BBWAA Career Excellence Award goes to Tim Kirshen uh, of ESPN uh so congratulations to all of them we've talked about them before go check out our hall of fame uh episodes if you want to hear us dig deeper into this um do you have any thoughts on this
1: no not really i think i I covered all these guys back in the day so
0: yeah i think we've said we've said everything needs to be said i just wanted to kind of uh, round it up one more time to
1: them for getting their uh, having their ceremony today
0: Yeah. yeah justin uh do you want to take over here and uh, let's do a couple news items and then go from there?
1: Sure. Yeah. So uh, the Blue Jays made some roster moves. We're going to just highlight one of them. There was a bunch of players who moved up in between d- high A and double A. Uh, but we're just going to focus on Hayden Junger today. Uh, he's a relief pitcher in the Blue Jays organization. Was drafted uh, last year in 2021 in around six by the team. 21 year old, six foot 180. Um, uh, today he was moved to triple a <coughs> buffalo uh per source uh, according to scott mitchell from tsn at scotty mitch tsn on twitter uh he finished at double a with a 4.02 era across 56 innings there uh 40 hits and struck out 67 in that time walk rate of about 3.38 per nine innings so not too bad um he pitched all of last year at high A in Vancouver and had a good season too. So the Jays are pushing him up a little bit. Uh, he's be actually been used as a starter in some cases, more as like an opener. If you if you look at his game logs, you'll see that. But uh, no, th- this kid's interesting, Patrick, because obviously we know the relief issues that <laughs> the Jays have. So having a guy like Junger being pushed up the the organization it's uh, it's interesting because you just you never know like could this be a guy that could impact the team down the stretch if he pitches well triple a we're not sure but obviously he's got a good strikeout rate so we like that
0: he might be a guy that kind of helps us with this problem and prevents us from having to use resources yeah to acquire relief arms maybe he is like he'll be what we need yasver zulueta is the other guy uh, he, he's, uh, he's moving up to Buffalo as well. Yeah. He just um, he pitched
1: that one, one pitch in the Futures game. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Um, Scotty Mitchell also, uh, mentioned him. How do you feel about the idea of the Jays just using promotions within rather than trades to kind of bolster their pen do you think that it makes sense to do this, or is it just kind of bringing on more unknowns? No, it definitely uh, that...
1: makes sense, yeah yeah, uh, obviously <clears throat> having I wouldn't even say it's more of an unknown as you you know these guys pretty well in your system um you don't know you just don't know how they're going to fare against major league batting Is they're the only unknown, but at the same time with the trade market being segmented into <laughs> players who are or aren't vaccinated at least if you're promoting from within, you you know if your players are vaccinated in your minor league system. So, Yeah, they all um, have to be. Yeah, so they do. So Sort of what it is. Yeah, so it's like, rather than trying to parse through options and figure out who's vaccinated and who'd be willing to get vaccinated in a trade kind of thing, you simply promote a guy from within who is hopefully deserving of that promotion. So that's, I, I'm... If there is, if there are no trades available, I'm fine with going from the internal route uh, to see what what we've got within, so we know for the future.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting over the next couple of weeks to see what what comes out. Well, the
1: I, trade deadline's in, in a week from today. It's the thirty first of July. Oh,
0: it's a, oh, okay. Sorry, I thought it was two weeks for some no, reason. Thirty first. I keep thinking it's not the twenty fourth, <laughs> yeah. but it is. So. Yeah, it's gonna be a very intense week, I think. We're gonna see a lot of teams have to make that decision whether or not to sell off. Boston is interesting. They're in a tough position. The Chicago White Sox are in a terrible position as well. They just haven't been able to get it together. Mm-hmm. They're fighting Cleveland, who are, you know, fighting themselves to try to stay afloat and compete for a wild card spot. And then you've got all the teams below them. So like Texas, Kansas City, Detroit, uh, Baltimore are on the precipice of doom. A lot of these teams are going to have to make decisions on whether or not they should just sell off resources, sell off uh, relievers on expiring contracts as one is want to do at the trade deadline to get something. Right. could be very interesting to see what happens with uh, Xander Bogart's And Raphael Devers in Boston. They could end up being shipped out. Not that that'll affect Toronto, because they won't be... uh, The team that pursues them, because they don't need either of those players. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Who sells off what, and when, and to whom. you got to think, the Yankees can't just trade for everybody. Right? So and there's also the NL too and you can trade within like within the the uh, the league or or to the other leagues so i don't know like there's not enough teams out of it to make the the trade deadline super intriguing to me but i don't know i i love the idea of promoting from within cuz i really don't want to have to expend a lot of resources if we're going to do it give me a luis castillo or something like that don't use prospects to go get like a David Phelps type.
1: Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> big time.
0: Call those prospects up. Yeah. Instead. The,
1: the thing though is, I mean in the end at the end of the day you need guys who perform in the big leagues and like I said with prospects it's great to know that you've got prospects that are potentially coming, but you don't you don't know what they're going to do in the big leagues. Like Jeter Downs is having a terrible time for the red Sox, yeah in the big leagues and he's having to play because of injuries Uh, because trevor story's out and now rafael devers is out for them so they're being forced to play prospects who don't look ready so i mean at the same time as that side of the argument the other side is that prospects might suck so it's it's kind of good to trade for guys who you know potentially you have you have more of an idea that they don't suck because they have a track record. So I mean, there's there's two sides to that coin, of course.
0: Yeah, and we'll be here to cover it, whatever goes down. Mm-hmm. Um, in the meantime, though, Justin, how do you feel about this uh, this recently completed <sighs> series, the Jays and the Red Sox? The Jays head into Fenway riding a three-game winning streak, uh, an impressive five and one with John Schneider running a show. Uh, How do you you feel about this series that we we just watched?
1: Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, (laughs) Won three games, didn't lose a game, scored some more runs than the other team. Um, Hit pretty well overall with runners in scoring position. Didn't boot the ball around defensively. Got decent starting pitching. Yeah, I I, I don't have much to say in terms of uh, complaints anyway.
0: It was a whooping.
1: That sounds about right. Yep.
0: Uh, Twenty-eight to five, the first game. Unreal. There's really, I mean, we got to give every the the guys props, okay? Tapia was three for seven with six runs batted in, including a little league grand slam. Yep. That's some heads up base running too, and he's got the speed to do it, oh, for and sure. he did it, That's and it was great.
1: Second career inside the Parker, I believe.
0: It was terrific. Yeah,
1: in Denver too.
0: He had four RBIs today as well, so a 10-RBI series for Rymel for Tapia. That's not too bad, yeah. Pretty damn good. Uh, Guerrero was two for four um, with two runs batted in. Uh, Kirk was three for six with no runs batted in. That's kind of weird. But um, Bichette was three for five with two runs batted in. and Hernandez was three for four with two runs batted in. Lourdes Guriel Jr. Yeah. Six for seven with five <laughs> RBIs. How do you feel about that?
1: Yeah, first uh, six hit game for the Jays since the the cat Frank Catlinaado.
0: The big cat oh man.
1: That's such a that's just a great baseball name Frank Catalonato. Oh
0: my God. Oh yeah was, sounds like, uh, sounds like a ball player. Hell of a performance that got his average up to 318. it dipped a little bit lower. Uh, as the weekend progressed But god damn he's on a heater He's on
1: some sort of heater Yeah, I think yes. he's hit 400 over the last month So
0: It's insane yeah. uh, Chappie 3 for 6 with 4 ribbies Espinal 2 for 6 With a ribby And then Danny
1: Danny Jansen Dan... ultimate thug
0: D- Daniel uh jansen with two home runs i guess you don't have to buy another really jersey did. yeah somebody had yet. tweeted
1: at, at us uh, on twitter they're saying do you have to buy his jersey now so i reply back with the, the picture of me wearing because <laughs> they already bought this year and said already done. He hit those two home runs earlier this season and it was dan like jansen this.
0: three for six uh with six rbis two home runs yeah uh, and, and a they bomb. were
1: and they were bombs too
0: they were absolute <laughs> fucking bombs. It was amazing. Yeah. It This was just a pounding. It was over after the third inning, but then yeah. it was really over. After the fifth. <laughs> after the fifth. Uh, Gossman looked okay. Three runs yeah. uh, in five innings pitched. He, he got whacked around a bit.
1: Uh, it was impressive, though, the fact that uh, he, he had a bunch of three hit or three ball counts. because the, the Red Sox, even though they're struggling, are still really good hitters, and they're good at working counts. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he had to sit for, like, 45 minutes a couple times between innings <laughs> just because the Jays wouldn't stop scoring, yeah, uh, that that never helps a starter either. So, no. I mean, yeah, he gave up a couple of, of home runs, but he struck out 10 and didn't walk yeah. a batter over five innings. I mean, his pitch count was elevated due to the, the strikeouts, really. And uh, beside those two home runs, there wasn't much for hard contact against him. So no. I'm I'm happy with it. I mean, we've seen so many times this year. Like Gosman's win loss record is seven and seven because the team typically doesn't score runs for him. So they I guess they just decided to make up for it today or on uh, Friday there, and just like <laughs> give him enough for like six games worth. Yeah, <laughs> it was just
0: kind of like a sorry. But I mean, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen. And obviously, this is uh, there. Are a few records were set here. Yeah. Uh, for the Jays. Um,
1: it was the most runs ever scored at Fenway Park, too. Yeah, by one team.
0: An astonishing uh, whooping, and uh, we don't need to get into the Red Sox stats. They're pretty. No. It's pretty bad. Evaldi looked really bad, which was uncharacteristic. Otherwise, he had a pretty decent season, but his ERA went up by like a whole run, I think. Or yeah, something, close something like to that. It. it was brutal. Uh, and then uh, Jeremy Beasley came in. Also gave up two home runs. Uh, Yeah, couple solo bombs, uh, solo shots in garbage time doesn't really matter. By the time Beasley took the mound, uh, in the fifth, in the sixth, sixth, sorry, uh, it was already over, and he only gave up two runs. I mean, he already had like a twenty something run cushion. Yeah, I mean, Uh,
1: credit to him for getting nine outs, right?
0: (laughs) That was great. It was great. It was and including five strikeouts. Yep out of the nine uh, outs he needed to record. So uh, that's fine by me. He didn't look great. He just, he got done what we needed. That's the
1: type of pitcher he is. He's there for either when you're stomped or or getting stomped.
0: Anthony Bandit came in, uh, uh, chalked up a a clean inning with a strikeout. Good enough for me. This was one of the all-time best Jays games to watch. Uh, Not just because it was exciting, but because it was such a, such a caustic pounding i
1: think it was more fun because it was at fenway like if this game was a home game, oh it yeah. wouldn't have been as fun because i mean of course the crowd t- would have left after was the, like crowd, the crowd the crowd would have had fun but the, the fact that it was in fenway and it was you quiet get to hear all the booze when the red Sox were doing stupid shit and then like later in the game you had all the jays fans chanting let's go blue jays with the booze trying to combat them and like yeah it was just it was perfect that's the perfect setting for it
0: it was it was a great game to watch the next game uh four to one win for the jays manoa uh great game for manoa scattered seven hits over six innings uh only one earned run which was a solo ding dong uh seven strikeouts though no
1: walks again so no walks perfect two days in a row that the starters didn't walk a batter so love that
0: Yep. Uh Garcia and Simber were solid and then Romano came came in and uh clean inning. Yep. He was asked to get four outs and he did it. I was surprised, but uh good enough for me. Yeah. Great game. It's nice. only seven hits for each team. So yeah.
1: and I mean <laughs> the Jays didn't have a home run in this game, but yeah, it was it was actually a, a much better pitched game than the first day. Um, but of course the Jays were still able to capitalize on some opportunities and the Ragged Sox weren't.
0: Yep. And uh, well, I mean, I think what made it worse too, were the, the Sox struck out 11 times and only walked twice. Yeah, while the doesn't, Jays, that doesn't help you. The Jays struck out eight times, uh, four of which were against, uh, the starter, uh, mm-hmm. Cutter Crawford, great name. Cutter, Cutter with a K though.
1: Okay. That's uh, that's a strikeout pitcher right there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess. um, but the Jays had four walks and eight strikeouts. Uh, they left a lot of runners on base, but not nearly as many as the Red Sox. Red Sox went 0 for 5 with runners in scoring position. It was just yep. one of those classic, you get a great start from your starter, you get just enough runs, and then your three main guys who closed out a game, came in and closed out a game. Is textbook. textbook. Yep. Today was another ass-whooping. The Jays... Uh, Win five eight to four. the first inning again <laughs> five runs in the first inning i turned it on i was like this game is already out of hand yeah it was pretty crazy tameza gets the win he's four and on on the year stripling only went four innings but it was hot as balls out and they talked yeah. about this during the broadcast like
1: 37 like, or something
0: he threw 62 pitches 38 were strikes adequate uh he only gave up five hits and honestly the two runs he gave up they were off like bloops or whatever it was just like whatever yep uh he didn't have any strikeouts but this this is a tough team i know i just said they struck out 11 times the last game but they're not that easy to strike out uh and stripling uh yeah he just it it was uncharacteristically tough game for strips at fenway normally he's pretty dominant Mm -hmm. uh historically but he he did what we needed him to do richards came in and got five outs. he still gave up a home run uh, and then another run, and then Phelps, Mesa, Garcia, Simber shut it down. Simber uh, did give up a hit, but he struck out three. I was very impressed. Yeah. Uh, even though it was the hapless Red Sox who were just kind of swinging at nothing, just desperate to try to keep the game going. The Jays had 15 hits in this one. Struggled a little bit more with runners in scoring position. Guriel was one for five, and uh, collectively it was seven guys uh, who were stranded. As a result of his uh, at bats, but still great performances. Rymel Tapia, three for five, four runs batted in. He's on a heater too. Like yeah, you, you it's... got we, right after we talked about it too. He's hitting 350 in his last 30 games.
1: I know the the team just seems to be coming on, coming on at a good time of the year. When I mean the Yankees are playing 500 baseball over the past month, which is enough because they're so far ahead. But I mean, if the Jays can can get hot and stay hot, and then they can go far in the playoffs, because it's it's kind of like last year when the Jays really came on the end of the season. Of course, they missed playoffs by one game, but a lot of teams were asked like, "Who don't you want to play in the playoffs?" and they were all saying the Blue Jays just because they were they were hot and they had such a good team that was had underperformed until that point. And it's been the same way this year. So I mean, this is a team that. Other franchises aren't going to want to play just because of the fact that they they can put up twenty eight runs on you.
0: <laughs> yep. Uh, here's a, a couple of interesting tidbits too. Uh, Ch- Chappie's on a heater too. Yeah. He's hitting two sixty two in his last uh, thirty games, which is pretty good considering how much he was frustrated earlier. Right. In the year, but his average is just getting higher. The shorter sample size you look at, last seven games, he's hitting four twenty nine with three home runs yeah uh, 10 strikeouts but that's what you're paying him for his average is up to 237 um this is about what we expected from Chad. maybe not a 429 average but uh something like this was what we were hoping for he had a great series against Boston absolutely set the world on fire i think he went 6 for uh 6 for 13 against them it yep. was just uh just great to see Chappie get on a heater too. Guerrero is also on a heater now. He's hitting three oh six in his last thirty games, but the power is really not there. He's barely uh, at an eight hundred OPS in that thirty game stretch. Only three home runs in those thirty games. He's a
1: nine hundred OPS in that thirty game stretch. Oh no, 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 It is eight oh six. You're right. It's eight
0: oh six. I guess that's still good. Yeah, but it's
1: it's lower than what we're used to. um he he! Finally got some batted ball luck today. Like he had the the double off the third base bag in the first inning. Yeah, had yeah. another like infield single near first base, and then just a few <laughs> little a couple little loopers to the outfield. But it's nice to see that happen to a guy who often hits 110 mile an hour outs. So <laughs> the BABIP gods were are sometimes merciful.
0: Yeah. Um, great game though overall. Uguero four for five was uh, excellent. His average is up to 280 now. Remember, I can remember at our very low point in this year, we were big sad. Uh, He was around 250, and uh, so was Bo, uh, and Bo's up to 257, but Carrero's up 30 points. He's starting to look like that MVP candidate that we saw last year. It'll be interesting. It does truly
1: help when the team around you is hitting well because it doesn't it's easier to hit when you've got runners on base because you're usually getting pitches to hit. So it's it's nice that they've moved Kirk behind Vladdy because he's getting more pitches to hit because mm-hmm. Kirk is hitting like 315. So
0: <laughs> Even yeah. Kevin, too, after the disastrous start he had, Kevin is hitting 263 in his last 30 games as well, and that's not anything to sneeze at either.
1: No, I mean, Kevin's probably like a 230-ish hitter overall and which is kind of what he's at right now for the full season um but his on base percentage is gonna be like 350 at that level so there's there's really nothing wrong with what calvin's been doing since he's returned and obviously uh like danny jansen's average is down to like 240 but he's still got an ops over 900 just because of the fact that he's mashing bombs every once in a while so
0: my favorite thing from this weekend aside from the fact that we won all three games was during the 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 28-5 game for whatever reason god only knows lordes guriel jr decided to craft an intricately made <laughs> pineapple cocktail he
1: did that he did it all i think he did it every game this weekend maybe it's a new it, thing
0: i don't know I, yeah i guess it's his thing he did it and then he shared it with vladdy yeah I, I, I don't understand what he's doing, but uh, it was amazing. He was making fruit cocktails he's, for the boys.
1: He's trying to get everybody hydrated and, and uh, energized, you know? got to make sure those electrolytes stay up.
0: That was a tough series, too, because the games got progressively earlier, which meant the heat was a bigger yeah. factor. And I think it was Tabby said that the guys behind the plate, they can lose, like, 10 to 15 pounds a game.
1: Yeah. It's a Just lot of water weight. Soaked. I know. A lot
0: water weight. Yeah, but still, that's... From that's not ideal for the human body
1: as an umpire working in like 32 33 34 degree games that's not fun i tell you what it's you stand back there in the sun all game you, you drink what you can between innings but if you ever get one of those long innings like we had uh on friday friday thankfully friday was a night game and when there's the shellac in, but if you if you would have had an 11 run inning like today in the thirty-seven degree heat, man, there, there would have been some guys like nearly passing out. Like it's, it's not fun out there. It's it's hot. Like you're standing yeah. on a baseball diamond. There, it's like it's clay and grass, so like the heat kind of like gets absorbed by that, like those surfaces. It doesn't get reflected off. So it's just like yeah, it, it's it's warm, man. It's bad.
0: <laughs> There's one thing I want to talk about this game. This game that we just saw t- that di- I was very confused by. Uh, and it it took place in uh, actually I can't remember what inning it was I think it was the fifth inning. Uh, Hirokazu Sawamura, <laughs> yeah, you saw this right? Yep. He, I I guess he was blowing on the ball or something. He, w- he
1: was he was going to his mouth, and then not wiping it on his pants like when you can't lick your fingers and then. Put and then and touch the ball right away. If you're gonna lick your fingers or blow on your <laughs> fingers, you gotta wipe them off on your pants first. Because it's 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 akin to applying a foreign substance to a baseball, right? You can't throw a spitball. That's essentially what he was doing, or trying to do. Yeah, I. So the umpires warned him. Like Kikuchi had done this a couple of times earlier in the season, when he got he got called for a balk because he was standing on the rubber and he'd lick his hand, lick his fingers, and then touch the baseball instead of wiping them off. You can't do that. With runners on base, it's it's a balk. Um, you give him a warning the first time. The second time, it's a balk. If there's no runners on base, the second time it happens, you add a ball to the count. And then if it happens again, then I believe it's just an automatic walk, which is what happened in Teoscar's case.
0: I thought it was uh, he was awarded a ball and it went to ball three, and then he was awarded another ball.
1: Yeah, that's that's right. So it went to ball four because it was at ball three, and then, so then it, he, then he just, walked him. just a walk. So it's just... Yeah, it's just something you can't do. If you're gonna if you're gonna lick your hand or lick your finger to like moisten your uh tip of your finger, you've gotta wipe them off first. You can't touch the baseball right away.
0: I didn't get a good enough look. Uh even when they replayed it, uh really what happened, I felt like the second ball that resulted in automatic walk might have been overkill.
1: No, it's I, it's I, a rule, man. <laughs> Well, that's the rule. It's been a I, rule for forever. You can't, but you I don't can't know what he can't lick your fingers. Like, he licked his hand and then touched the baseball.
0: Are we sure definitively that's what yes. he did? Yes, like that's, that's what okay. he did. Because that's right, what happened to
1: Kikuchi earlier, earlier this season. All right, fair that's enough. The, uh, not the not the a great inning for him anyway. No. <laughs> uh,
0: three hits, three earned runs in one inning. Pitched, uh, whatever. Goodbye. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the upcoming series we have. We, day off first of all
1: another day off after the all-star break
0: well all the boys who had to do travel i'm glad they get that extra yeah i mean these these games
1: were hot now they get to return to the friendly confines of rogers center for a couple games and they can if it's too hot they can climb and control it like closing the roof which they usually don't they usually open it anyway but at least uh at least they can keep it closed for the pre-game festivities
0: we'll see We'll see what happens. Do you want to preview, give us sure. the matchups?
1: Yeah, so obviously, like as Patrick said, the Jays have an off day tomorrow on Monday before the St. Louis Cardinals fly north for a Battle of the Birds.
0: Yay.
1: Uh, obviously, the Jays already went to St. Louis once this year. Where they, I believe they split those two games. One of the games was ended on a walk-off Grand Slam and extra innings. <laughs> Jeez. And the guy who did that, Patrick Marsh, Paul Goldschmidt, will not be making the trip because it turns out that he, along with third baseman Nolan Arenado, their two best players are both not vaccinated and will not be attending. So the Cardinals immediately lose their three, four hitters in their lineup Oof. Um, for two games. And they right now are, uh, they're having a decent season that like they're, what are they? 51 and 46 or something going into today. Not sure if they're still playing or not. I don't care to look. But, yep. uh, yeah, they they lose their two best players, and they're in the middle of a playoff battle right now. So uh.
0: Yeah, they <laughs> lost today to, to, to Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, right now, as it stands, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals are holding down the final wild card spot in the National League. Right. One game up on the hapless Philadelphia Phillies and the hapless – san francisco giants who have both both lost three in a row and have fallen out of the wild card well, uh, they've
1: got a chance to make up some ground now
0: yep yeah, uh that it's really quite disastrous for st louis when you you're basically imagine taking out uh kirk and guerrero out of this lineup right now yeah. it would be tough i mean we and still have no, a bunch and, of guys and on really here,
1: and, but, and truly for no no good reason right <laughs> yeah they're, they're not hurt they're just idiots
0: so they'll stay home and do their research and yeah. that's obviously going to have uh, quite an impact on the offensive production of st louis uh what do you see here in the pitching matchups what do you got Yeah,
1: in the the first match we've got andre Pallant, who i've never heard of in my life <laughs> up against kevin got up against jose brios excuse me uh brios obviously didn't start in boston he's and uh, the jays wanted him to start at home so he doesn't have a great track record at fenway park so no. he'll get to start in game one against pallant and then in game two it'll be adam wainwright the veteran in what's looking like his last year of ML- of mlb play uh currently six and eight with a 340 era pitching better than his record indicates against the guy in kevin gosman who is also pitching better than his record indicates uh so that's going to be a fun matchup uh a couple of Cy Young winners, mm-hmm. um, or I guess Cosman hasn't won a Cy Young, I don't think. Uh, but yeah, obviously Wainwright has. Uh, but p- I'm looking at Pelant, Savant, Page, Patrick, and n- nothing to write home about. Does not strike out a ton of batters. Doesn't walk a ton of guys either. Um, has a looks like what he has a is a pretty good curveball spin rate. Um, and, and like it seems to be his best pitch. Batters are hitting over 300 on his fastball this year. So Jays hitters are going to have to watch for that. But uh, definitely gives up a decent amount of hard contact. But we'll see. I mean, he's got a three thirty four ERA, and he's made eight starts in 26 games this year, so he's been under the bullpen a little bit too. And looking at his game logs here, uh, last time out against the Reds on the 15th, before the All-Star break, he went five innings allowed six hits and three runs walk three strike out five he's only allowed three home runs all uh in july uh this season he's only allowed uh seven i believe if i'm doing the math right looking at the game log side of things so he doesn't give up a ton of home runs yeah seven home runs overall but yeah not he won't strike out a ton of guys so about 1.5 whip so i mean there's gonna be base runners so nothing nothing special with palant anyway
0: and obviously, Adam Wainwright is yeah um, a you, terrific if, pitcher. There's really nothing we could say about him that we. If you've been watching
1: baseball seen. in the last twenty years, you know who Adam Wainwright is. Um, he's forty years old now, and is still he's a he's a pitcher man. Like he doesn't have the velo that he used to have, uh, but he still has the arsenal. He throws five pitches. He's got he's a sinker baller. He throws that about 29% of the time. He throws his curveball about the same. He throws his cutter just slightly underneath of that. Then he throws a four seam and a changeup too. So this guy's yeah. uh, he's, he's going to be all over the place, inside, outside, up, down. Uh, the only pitch that's really getting hit hard this year, surprise, surprise, the cutter at 290. Everything else has a batting average below 250. So you're going to have to work counts against Wainwright because he's not going to walk a ton of guys um and, and yeah like this this is just a guy who's been around for 20 years and is still pitching <laughs> much better than you would think for a 40 year old
0: yeah and at 39 years old he made a great case for himself for a cy young award if it was yeah. for a dominant season by uh by kevin corbin, gosman corbin,
1: corbin burns
0: corbin burns yeah like i mean those three. uh he was 17 and seven with a 305 era Last year and that was with two hundred and six point one innings pitched. Yeah. At thirty nine. <laughs> and at forty, he's actually on the pace right now to to flirt very closely with two hundred innings. Yeah. Uh, his, if things continue to go well.
1: His last start was two days ago against the Reds and he actually got roughed up a bit in this one, Patrick. Uh took the loss, went five and a third, gave up five hits, seven hundred <clears throat> runs on two homers, three walks and two strikeouts. Oof. Over his last two starts Ten and two thirds innings, he's actually walked seven batters, and only struck oh, out no. seven. So the start before he didn't get any runs, but uh, it was with a no decision against the Dodgers. So I mean, yeah. we'll see. I mean, he's he's coming off of a rough start a couple of days ago. <laughs> we know what Gosman did against the Red Sox, so we'll see what those two guys can do. But it should be a good battle on on Wednesday night.
0: Now with 190 wins and a 3.36 career ERA in about 2500 innings pitched yeah do you see adam wainwright is a Hall of very good
1: all of very good yeah
0: or maybe a little bit more he did win two gold gloves uh he also won a silver slugger as a pitcher which yep. isn't a thing anymore uh and he, <laughs> thank yeah. god he did win the 2020 roberto clemente uh award and if you look I don't know. I feel like he is Hall of very good. He's very similar to some players that uh, are in the Hall of Fame. Uh, his number, his yeah. career numbers are very similar to Dazzy Vance, who's in the Hall. But uh, Dazzy has an MVP and a triple crown.
1: Yeah, I mean, Wainwright's finished second uh, twice and third twice in Cy Young voting. Yeah, and then it was seventh at his age thirty nine season last year, like you mentioned. So
0: i feel like he will time will be more favorable to his yeah uh, his career
1: him and the fact that him and yadia molina have basically played their entire careers together is always interesting i mean i think baseball fans and writers are going to be very fond of those two individuals just because of the fact that they've been doing it for so long at a at a pretty high level <laughs> Um, do I? Yeah, think he, that might he's, he might get a little bump. might get They're gonna get a little bump just because of the reputation and who they are. I I don't think that they would be like they would be like the later three four years of their eligibility. I think before they would get in if they do.
0: You don't think Yadi's a first ballot? No. Interesting.
1: Topic for another day, perhaps. But no, I don't. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, we can talk <laughs> about it some other time. But how do you feel? It's only two games. What are your thoughts, Do you What's your minimum expectation for this?
1: I mean, you want to split it at, at worst. You want to split these two. I think game one's a pretty good opportunity. Um, you go after a guy who isn't even a, hasn't been a full-time starter this season in, in Pallant. And Brios is coming off of a couple of decent outings. Mm-hmm. Starting to look more like himself. So hopefully that he can have a really good, quote, second half, even though the season has been halfway over for a couple of weeks now yeah um but yeah i know i i think that that's a good one to win because you never know like wainwright could come out and just the jays have struggled in the past against like veteran guys like verlanders etc granky wasn't bad against them a few weeks ago there it's just like guys who know how to manipulate the baseball and the weaknesses of hitters those guys are who the jays typically struggle with if it's a guy who throws 100 miles an hour they can hit that but uh veterans are crafty man and that's why they stick around for so long and have this good of numbers as they do it's because they know how to get batters out so i think tuesday is the game that you want to win for sure and then you hope gosman can outdo a win right on wednesday
0: yeah i would say that's uh that sounds pretty astute well as it stands right now uh the toronto blue jays are back up at the top wild card position which is nice. very advantageous because that means that we would have home field advantage for that wild card round. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are one and a half games up on Seattle, who are holding down the third spot. Although they have lost two games in a row, as has Tampa, as has Cleveland, as has Boston. Uh, it's just we're starting to see some separation now that the team has sort of bounced back after their low point with the firing yeah. of Charlie Montoyo. Uh, and just getting mired in a, a pretty pathetic losing streak. <laughs> so the Jays have the third-best record right now in the American League. They, their record is currently better than the Minnesota Twins, uh, who are holding down their division, yep. uh, the AL Central. Uh, Quite the turnaround. Pretty dramatic.
1: Oh, we go sure. from yeah.
0: Montoya being fired and the Jays barely having a positive run differential to now they're back up to plus 54 <laughs> after this weekend, after getting 30 more runs in yeah. Austin, uh, that helps. Uh, which is the third best, uh, run differential in the American league. It does kind of feel like we're getting close to be- it being a two horse race, but you got to win the playoff games for any of it to matter. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about the jays now going into uh next week
1: hey man we talked the first like two plus months of the year about how the offense was going to come around and here they are now coming around and it seems like the starting pitching has has done the same for the most part um obviously we kikuchi is rehabbing at buffalo he went five innings the other night he did walk i think two or three but struck out seven and didn't go didn't allow any runs over five innings so I th- I think they'll probably give him one or two more rehab starts down there before they would bring him back up, or maybe we'll just see him get optioned. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, that'd be something, but I, I don't yeah. think that'll happen. I think that he will be back up. Hopefully he, if he has one more good, good outing where he can limit the walks to maybe two or less over five or six innings, then that's acceptable to me. Um, you can't expect guys to never walk a batter sometimes you don't want to pitch to a guy if you got a base open you know what I mean so it's like you can't expect them to be perfect but you don't want them to be walking four or five batters a game like he like he had been so yeah we'll see what happens there but no I'm feeling I'm feeling a lot better than I did two weeks ago (laughs) we know what the team was doing two weeks ago they were getting their faces punched in but the all-star break and then this series against Boston have have me personally feeling a lot better.
0: Yeah, I think I agree. I think really, I hate to say it, Charlie Montoyo, his, his career kind of took a hit for the sake of uh, of the season.
1: Yeah, something had to be done, and that was the easiest, most convenient thing to do.
0: We, we went from having a 10-game stretch where we only won one game to a 10-game stretch now where we've only lost one game. Yeah. Or two. Well, I two, guess it's eight, eight and, two. and two. But yeah. I mean, like, it's, but still,
1: it's a complete reversal.
0: Uh, crazy. And now we've got uh, a little bit of a stretch at home before we hit the road for a long stretch. we got the cards. Obviously, we talked about that. I think we'll be back in time for the Tigers. We'll try to figure it out schedule-wise. To preview the Tigers, uh, four-game set, which is at home, and then they hit the road, two against the Rays, three against the Twins, or four against the Twins, sorry, the division-leading Twins, and then three against the Orioles before we return home for Cleveland. It's going to be a really interesting week because I feel like looking at this schedule, like I could see us just closing out July, just like stomping both of these teams possible which, which is interesting because if you if i had said that 10 games ago where we were like two and te- and eight or two and ten yeah in july and things are looking real bad and we are at a wild card spot i would have slapped myself in the face <laughs> been like what are you talking about yeah but Manoa's coming on our our relief pitching has been steady yeah gossman is finally getting run support even jose barrios is like I feel like we can't really put much blame on him anymore for struggles. And it's just like I don't know, man. It's it's like every time the All-Star game happens in the last 7 or 8 years, it's like the Jays come back and they're always better. They're not the kind of team that that you know takes a knee after the All-Star game and says, "Well, we're we're eliminated." They always seem to play better. Yeah. And right now they're they're on fire. Uh, after those two ass whippings be interesting to see how the cardinals respond uh final thoughts
1: no i i want to just add about Brios too yeah it's it's been four starts now since he had that disastrous one in milwaukee and then before that it was the bad one in chicago in that time like his his worst start for runs allowed wise is when he gave up three to philadelphia but that was also the game where he struck out 13 and didn't walk a batter so I mean I'd say that his command has been pretty good. He's we're going to go to 3 3 streak <laughs> of uh quality starts now. So I th- I think for him the issue is still home runs. He's given up a ton of those this season, 20 already. No. Which That's is not what you want to see. I mean, is no. it's 1.77 per 9 innings, which is higher than the average. Alarming. Yeah, and I mean he overall he's been much more of a fly ball pitcher this year than than in the past if I'm not mistaken yeah he's he's, his ground ball rates down about four and a half percent over last year um and it's two percent two and a half percent below his career numbers so i mean he's definitely had a lot more balls in the air um but at the same time his his ex-fip is at 403 when it was only 359 last year so he's not that far off the expected numbers
0: it's just those first couple of really those, rough starts destroyed yeah. his stats. For he's the really
1: it's really been like a tale of two borioses. He's either been like pretty good or really bad. Like he's had one, two, three, four, five starts where he's given up five or more runs, and then a bunch where he's given up like where he's had quality starts. So it's just the guy just has to find that consistency here in the second half. And I mean, when the Jays brought him over last year, he had a couple of rough ones when they first got him and then was really good to finish the season off. So, I mean, hopefully he can be that really good Burrios for the next couple of months and help this team solidify a playoff spot.
0: A couple other stats that are worth mentioning. Uh, in the, his last four starts, Burrios has a 3.09 ERA, 2.95 FIP. Opponents are still hitting him pretty hard. Yeah, they're still the hitting him. 66 batting average, but the Jays are also 4-0, and uh, yep. with two of those decisions going to Barrios in those four games and this was in like the two wins that we had at the beginning of the month where this team was poop they were was, both Barrios, start. Barrios starts yeah <laughs> uh, the Jays are actually 14 and five when Barrios plays yeah when he starts a game. So it's he, while he individually has had struggles the team, plays very well behind him. There is a confidence behind him, which is yeah. really interesting to see if you look at these stats. But again, like you're right, he has he's given up three home runs in his last four starts, which is an improvement. Mm-hmm. The walks are down. Only four walks to 29 strikeouts in those four starts. You love that. 25 hits, which is a lot. Yeah. in uh, 23.1 innings pitched. So, so the whip, whip is
1: still like 1.2 two or something in that time yeah I guess, it's that's, still that's great it's,
0: it's still good 71 uh strike rate uh 20 strikes looking so the deception is working on his curve mm-hmm. uh and his other uh, off-speed pitches uh his i know his fastball has gotten clobbered all year long and that's his problem yeah i think that's really why some of these starts were really the the two against Chicago and then Milwaukee were, you know, he got clobbered. But anyway, Anyway. it's good to see like Barrios is stabilizing. His stats are not going to get any better the rest of the year. No matter what you do, if you look at his savant, it's going to be blue the rest of the year unless he has like five no-hitters in a row. It's just (laughs) not going to budge. That's just the way stats work. But it doesn't matter. The team plays with confidence behind him. So I'm looking forward... I'm very. I was very interested at the start of this series against Boston as to why he wasn't starting. You brought up a good point saying, "Oh, he's not. Historically, he hasn't been very good at Fenway," which yeah. is absolutely true. But he also he pitches well at home, and on top of that, um, Stripling has historically pitched quite well in Boston. And he was adequate today. Like, yeah, he I mean, didn't
1: lose the game for them for sure. Yeah, yeah, no,
0: he was fine. He like he kept us in the lead, and that's really all that matters. Uh, and then of course, uh, Barrios has started to heat up, and now we're putting him up against a less experienced pitcher at home
1: I guess a team that's missing their two best players.
0: <laughs> it's a, it, yeah, it's it does feel like there is a more foresight putting into how the rotation was totally. set up. Totally. Feels like they were set up to succeed, so now we get to see Barrios and Gossman. Barrios pitch at home against a depleted team. I, I, look, I I thought Charlie Montoya was a good a good manager. Looking at what John Schneider has done in these nine games, and planning ahead for the next set of games, I'm really impressed. Should we, I guess we shouldn't be surprised though. Right.
1: No, and I mean a lot of the good thing for Schneider is that what he has done so far has worked. Like the Jays have executed a couple of hit and runs already.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Uh, and they've worked. We we wouldn't we'd be talking about it in a different way if they hadn't worked probably. But the the aggression has definitely been increased with Schneider as manager in terms of how the Blue Jays are running the bases. Um, how they're kind of employing their their lineup, they they've really changed how they they approach things. Before they were playing pretty safe, now they're being like they're 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 being aggressive but not reckless.
0: Yeah, they've had the opportunities. They found themselves in more opportunities to steal bases or do hit and runs where they have yeah. the speed on the base paths, and a lot of it is credit to Raimel Tapia and then again the bottom of the lineup for turning the lineup over and keeping it going but this team I'm telling you man this is the most dangerous team in the American League right now if you look at both their record and their recent performance I wouldn't want to play any of them I or I wouldn't want to play the the Jays right now St. Louis totally. is walking into like they're about to get their asses kicked and Detroit is one of the worst teams in the American League, they're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, and that's their reward <laughs> for yeah. the rest of the week, starting Thursday for the rest of the week. So and they get that holiday, and Junior Jays is next Sunday as well. I'm telling you, man, I- I'm calling it now. The Jays are going to go 6-0 and this week. It's going to be brutal I hope you're for right. our other teams <laughs> and great for us. If we go 6-0, I don't know. What's my declarative gonna be? I, I will buy a jersey.
1: Wow, there it is.
0: So if, but it has to be like immediately after the Detroit game. If they went six and zero this week, I will buy a jersey and it will be an authentic. I will shell out the money. Wow. If you have any uh, ideas of who I should buy a jersey for, go ahead and tweet us at BFMd Podcast. Just tweet us. Don't DM us. Just tweet us straight up. Whose jersey am I going to buy if we go 6-0? and oh?
1: Can I make my suggestion right now?
0: I, I'm like 75% sure I already know who it is, but go ahead.
1: It's going to be Alec Manoa, and it's going to be the yeah. new blue, the powder blue. Because he loves wearing those when he's on the mound. So,
0: You know what? Lee, I'll leave it up to maybe we'll put a poll up or something <laughs> uh, where it'll either be white blue or, or uh, the, the powder Manoa. blue or the grays.
1: Uh, not the gray, anything. No, but I gray. know.
0: I don't vote for the grays. Um, I
1: it's not going to be an option. It's going to no, be. No, just do. It's going to yeah. be Alec Manoa powder blue, and then Alec Manoa powder blue in capitals. Those would be the two options.
0: <laughs> no, because I like the white jersey, and I already have a blue jersey. So it's like it's not. It's going to be Alec Manoa a white jersey or Alec Manoa powder blue. Yeah, Powder blue. That's our poll. Anyway, <laughs> go ahead and find our stuff on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts website bfmdpodcast.com Patrick in Halifax uh, Nova Scotia it is hot as hell here uh, out in Saskatoon we've got Justin the Professor Anderson dusting off a classic uh, we out